What a great time to be a Giant, be a fan of the Giants. Like we have something going here. We're building something special, and you know you can see it from the outside and inside. It's even more beautiful. Reflecting on everything that got me here, just to see that uniform, and you know I, I watched. That's the team I watched the most growing up because my dad was a Giants fan. So once a Giant, always a Giant. For me, it's only a Giant. Welcome, everybody, to a special post-game edition of All In with Art Stapleton, a New York Giants podcast brought to you by NorthJersey.com and The Record. I'm your host, Art Stapleton. I am coming to you from a radio booth in FedEx Field. Certainly one of the worst, if not the worst, stadiums in the NFL. But you know what? If you're a Giants fan, you enjoy coming to this place because it's been a very rare situation that you haven't walked out of here feeling good about yourselves. Now, I know there are a lot of Giants fans out there who are not happy right now. They get their third win. They move out of the number two spot in the tankathon for the 2024 NFL draft. But what I will say... 31-19 win, this team itself as constituted, and really for some of the younger players, and if you believe in this regime of Brian Dable and his coaches, they needed this win. Now, you want to say that now the Giants have cost themselves a top two pick? Well, we have to see how that plays out. You know, you finish 2-15, and 15, you're probably guaranteed a top two pick. At this point, they have six games left. We'll see how they finish. I mean, how many more wins are actually on this schedule? We're not really sure. I mean, we know the Giants can beat Washington. Two of their three wins have come against Washington. But what does that mean outside of games against Washington? Because there are no games left against the Commanders. So right now, I think uh, worrying about where you're going to be in the draft is probably a little premature. I will say, let's not forget this current regime. Joe Shane was assistant general manager in Buffalo, and Brian Dable was offensive coordinator in Buffalo when they traded up to seven to get Josh Allen. So they didn't get into the top five, and they still got Josh Allen. So let's not forget, you know, there may be a quarterback that falls. They may be able to put together some draft assets. They have that number two pick that they just got from Seattle uh, for the Leonard Williams deal. You know, maybe they can package two uh, second rounders and move up. You can always maneuver in a draft. Uh, we'll just have to wait and see how this team plays out. Uh, but my advice here is, you know, I understand it's not the only the only cold water here was not in the showers in the visitors locker room at FedEx Field. Yes, you heard that right. The Giants had cold water in their locker room after the game. So there were no hot showers. And Tommy DeVito, who was really a star of the game today uh, and is continuing to write an unbelievable story. Uh, we'll get to that in a second. But he joked when he came into the press conference, look at my hair. Of course, we have no hot water. It's all cold water. So nobody wanted to go under the showers. And yes, it's cold water on the tankathon for the Giants, at least for now, uh, where they're at in terms of, uh, you know, hunting that number one overall pick. But like I said, there's still six weeks left. So we'll see where it goes. Uh, let's go to DeVito because, uh, three touchdown passes today. The first, quarterback in Giants history to throw five touchdown passes in his first two starts. He now leads the team uh, really by a wide margin in total touchdown passes, total touchdowns. Um, and I just think that we have to appreciate how far DeVito has come from the spring. Also how far he's come from the second half of the Jets game when 
you know, Brian Dable insisted that they were just going off of the game plan against the Jets, that it was not being afraid to have Tommy DeVito throw the football. And my understanding is that Dable actually met with DeVito earlier that after that game in that week heading into Las Vegas and basically said, look, you know, we believe in you. This is why you're starting our get you're starting the next game. Uh, and that was actually before Daniel Jones had his ACL. That's why Tommy DeVito had an opportunity to be the backup to Jones in Vegas. So he started the last two games in Dallas and here in Washington and. You know, just think about it. The last game that Daniel Jones threw three or more touchdown passes was here in Washington in the Chase Young Andrew Thomas Bowl. That's the last time Daniel Jones threw three or more touchdown passes. Uh, so you think about that and, you know, you start wondering what is the method for this coaching staff to actually get the most out of Tommy DeVito? And, you know, I know a lot is going to be made about his sudden celebrity and sandwiches in the Tully's Deli and Seacockers being named after him and his chicken parm vodka sauce and the idea that his mom still makes his bed as he joked about it and he lives at home in Cedar Grove. But let's just say for a second that he lives in Kentucky, okay? And he's living in the team apartments in Clifton and he comes here as an undrafted rookie. Let's think back to the Pat Shermer days when Kyle Loletta was a third-round pick of the New York Giants, and he played here at FedEx against Washington. Now, I know the teams are not the same. Kyle Loletta went 0 for 5 with an interception when everybody was begging to see Loletta. Everyone. Think about what Tommy DeVito just did today. Now, Washington had two stud defensive tackles, and yes, DeVito held the ball too long, and contributed to those nine sacks. He was sacked nine times, five in the first quarter. But the reality here for DeVito is what makes him special. And yes, I said special because he's got that quality. It doesn't necessarily match up with the talent that is going to allow him to be a starting quarterback in this league. I don't believe. But be, because of the way he carries himself and he prepares and he's not afraid to make plays. He's always looking to attack downfield. So there's a fine line between being willing to attack or being, you know, scared to look downfield and crumbling under the pressure. Takes way too many hits. Takes way too many sacks. But the flip side of that is he holds the ball long enough, scrambles a little bit, and hits Saquon Barkley on an adjusted wheel route for a touchdown. You know, he's making plays downfield. Uh, he dropped a couple passes into keyholes, tight windows, making throws. You know, but also he's not perfect. He made a throw behind Wandell Robinson that preceded the touchdown pass to Saquon Barkley, the first one. And, you know, you look at it and you go, boy, he's got to be nervous. And he comes back and he hits Saquon for the touchdown. Um, I think, you know, when I wrote a couple weeks ago and told you guys on here that he was the right guy for the job, a lot of people accused me of, oh, you're just being, you know, biased for a North Jersey quarterback. And, you know, you covered Bosco. So, you know, you like him. Yeah. It's a great story. It's a great story for us at the record at NorthJersey.com. He's a North Jersey guy. And he's got that Jersey swag. And from the moment he walked into this building, when I broke the news that he was signing as an undrafted free agent, 
he was somebody that I followed closely. There's no way I ever could have imagined Tommy DeVito coming out and doing this, what he did today against Washington. I know we're not talking about the best defense in the league here with Washington. Uh, some of the things that Jack Del Rio did defensively today, I just don't get. Um, I think this coaching staff with Ron Rivera at the helm, a lot of respect for Rivera and what he's accomplished in this league, but it's hard for me to see Ron Rivera as the head coach going into 2024. But Tommy DeVito, 18 of 26, 246, three touchdowns, no interceptions, no fumbles, 137.7 quarterback rating. Spread the ball around. Four catches each for Slayton and Barkley. Bellinger and Wandell Robinson had three. Hodgins had two. Hyatt with one. Shepard with one. It's just an impressive, impressive day today. And you got to give Tommy DeVito credit. Now, imagine here for a second if the Giants held on against the Jets and didn't step all over themselves with that debacle in that game. Tommy DeVito would have had the game-winning touchdown run in that game in which he came in in relief, his first NFL action replacing Tyrod Taylor. Think about that. I mean, it's pretty crazy to think what DeVito has been able to do. Now, a little insight. I wrote a column on DeVito. Please read it on NorthJersey.com. Had some fun. We're sitting in the press box before the game. You know, it's about an hour before the game and see a, a family of four, but a, a two with Giants jerseys and two with Red, with, I said Redskins, uh, Commanders jerseys sit, you know, probably about 15 rows in front of us down in the lower bowl. And the one Giants jersey is actually a custom made Tommy DeVito jersey, you know, complete with construction paper, white masking tape, black marker, you know, number 15, DeVito written across the back. And at that moment, we just kind of laughed. Everybody chuckled. But, you know, since I'm the DeVito beat reporter, which is some of what some of you are calling me on social media this past week. Um, I, I said, you know what? Let me be a reporter and go find out where that kid is from. And so I did. I left the press box. I went downstairs, sought him out, ended up finding him at the concession stand here at FedEx Field. And we ended up talking for a bit. I wanted to find out his story. Uh, I did not post the story immediately because I wanted to kind of keep it for myself and see how that game played out. Ended up taking pictures of his jersey. And lo and behold, Riley Touchette, a 20-year-old college student from North Carolina, traveled 425 miles, six-hour drive to get here. This was his first game as a Giants fan, seeing them in person in the regular season. He had been to some preseason games. And he decided last night, they went out and they bought the markers, the masking tape, and the construction paper. He created his DeVito jersey and basically told me, spent about 20 bucks, and he said, when Tyrod Taylor, Taylor was hurt against the Jets and DeVito came in, he's watching the game. He's, who's this guy? And he said, over the last couple of weeks, he's become our guy. And not Tommy DeVito being the future of the Giants at quarterback. That's not what he was talking about. He said, he's our guy. And he said, I'm a fan and I want to support him. So he took his Daniel Jones jersey and he didn't wreck the Jones jersey, but he 
created a Tommy DeVito jersey. Couldn't go out and buy it. Didn't want to go out and buy it. Couldn't go on NFL shop and go buy it. And I think it was a, a really a great footnote to this for DeVito uh, and for the Giants. And it says a lot about uh, Shea Tierney, the quarterback's coach for the Giants. He's going to be an offensive coordinator somewhere. It may end up being with Brian Dable here with the Giants next year. If Mike Kafka moves on, uh, I know there's been a lot of debate over what Dable will do with his coaching staff. Will he change coordinators? Will Kafka go? Will Wink Martindale go? I mean, I don't think those are questions that have answers right now. I think you need to see where this team finishes up, what the season looks like, and then you make wholesale changes based on what you saw, what your evaluations tell you. You need to be honest about things, but for now, I think you got to give the Giants a lot of credit for the way they've developed DeVito. Now, again, it's not developing DeVito to be QB1. Does he have a future in this league as QB2? Maybe. Does he have a future of being QB3 and being a guy who sticks around and could continue to develop and, you know, maybe get a spot start here and there? Yeah, possibly. And, He's a very inexpensive option. So if you're Giants and you get a rookie quarterback next year to go QB1 and Daniel Jones comes back from his ACL and he's QB2 with the opportunity to be QB1 next year because he's got to be here because of his salary cap number and he's coming back from injury, you know, DeVito could be a third quarterback. And there's no doubt that what he showed on Sunday uh, is – you know, good enough to say, you know what, he's going to earn more opportunities. He's going to start next week against the New England Patriots at MetLife. His first start in a regular season game or a game that counted since Don Bosco St. Joe's state championship back when he was a junior in high school. Uh, it's a pretty good story. So I hope you guys are enjoying the Tommy DeVito story. I certainly am, and I'm enjoying writing it and reporting it. Um, and you'll get stuff at NorthJersey.com and in the pages of the record that you won't get anywhere else. Um, let's talk to the def- defense today. I think you give them a lot of credit. Uh, coming out, forcing six, uh, five turnovers, six overall, one on special teams. Uh, Isaiah Simmons' pick six at the end of the game was a great play. Um, you got to give credit to Dexter Lawrence and Kayvon Thibodeau. Uh, the two guys really dominated up front, just as they did the last time they played Washington. Thibodeau with two sacks. He's now up over 10 and a half. He's up over 10. He's at 10 and a half. He's the first player to get double-digit sacks for Wink Martindale in a Wink Martindale system, which is a stunning stat, but it's true. And Thibodeau deserves a lot of credit. Uh, for the way he's continued to ride the wave, gone up and down. Last two weeks, he's been relatively quiet. I mean, let's be honest, the entire defense uh, did not have great games in Vegas, and then obviously in Dallas was a disaster. 49 points, over 600 yards, you all know that. But you got to give this staff and give this team credit for coming out today. You know, let's not forget, beginning of the week, Washington, 10-point favorites over the Giants. 10-point favorites. It was down to 8.5. But at this point, you know, this was not supposed to be an easy game for the Giants. This is not supposed to be the way it went. And right now, there's no one on the interior line in the NFL that can block Dexter Lawrence, save for Jason Kelsey in Philly, and they won't see him until Christmas. But 
Um, I think you got to give them credit for riding the momentum early. I said this on a pregame podcast, and I truly believe it. This is a front-running defense. When they things go well early on, they ride the momentum. And if things don't go well early on, you have a lot of young players who kind of look around and try to figure out how they're going to turn things around. And I don't mean that as an overall negative. I just think there are a lot of growing pains involved. And when Dexter Lawrence is your centerpiece and then everybody else is kind of neutralized, you see what happened in Dallas. You see what happened for much of the second half against Vegas. Uh, I still think the Vegas was a little bit of a hangover, maybe from Leonard Williams trade, maybe from Daniel Jones uh, tearing his ACL on the first play of the second quarter, or at least the last play of the first quarter, and then officially tearing it on the first play of the second quarter. So that's where the Giants are right now. And they've earned the opportunity to enjoy their Thanksgiving this week and to come home and ha- you know feel a little good about uh, feel a little good about themselves going against the Patriots. We'll see what happens. I mean, at this point, it's hard to project where they are and where they're going to be at the end of the season as far as the draft goes, but I will look it up for you right now. And the current standings, the Giants are fifth. It's Chicago one with Carolina's pick, Arizona two, New England three, Chicago four, Giants five. So you're sitting at five. You still have an opportunity to get a a damn good player, but it's not going to be um, what you think in the moment. Let's see where they're at at the end of the season. That's all I'll say about the tanking. And if they cost themselves a franchise quarterback and the player they end up picking doesn't pan out, well, they'll look back at this game and say, was it really worth it? But in the moment, uh, you got to give them credit for for showing up in a spot where no one thought they would. Everyone thought they would kind of fold the tent. Uh, so I understand why Giants fans would be rooting for the loss here today. Certainly get it. And they need to address the quarterback situation next year. No doubt. To me, no doubt. But, you know, is this a situation where they end up with a Jaden Daniels from LSU if Drake May and Caleb Williams go one and two? Whichever order that ends up happening. You know, we'll just have to wait and see. So, again, like I said earlier, it happens with... It happens with uh, Josh Allen in Buffalo. He was not a top-five pick. It could happen again here with the Giants. If, if their evaluation leads them to a quarterback, that's not one of the two that everyone's talking about. But let's see. Let's see where we're at. Let's see where we're at at season's end and when we head into the draft to see where the Giants will be picking. So um, before I go, I wanted to say for Saquon Barkley, uh, I know there's been a ton said about Saquon, about being the number two pick and all the ups and downs, and they should have never drafted him as the number two pick. And I, I get all that. I do. Everything that happened in the offseason, the idea of Saquon Barkley and not getting a long-term deal with the Giants and coming into camp and settling for the deal that he dealt with, or, you know, and he's going to end up getting only around $10 million and uh, I just think you can't say enough about Saquon Barkley and who he is and where he's at as far as the overall player that he, he is to this team. The guy played with heart today. 
you got to give him credit. He was at negative two rushing yards on the final play of the third quarter. He ends up with 82 rushing yards. He had two touchdown catches. He is a driving force as to why this team bought into Tommy DeVito early on. Because Barkley recognized that this is a guy who's going to bust his butt for this team. And he has. And I think you got to give Barkley credit for that. Whether Barkley is a member of this team in 2024, whether he gets a long-term deal after this, a lot of things point against that. But if he were to get a franchise tag again at $12 million a year, I think Saquon Barkley is showing that just what he means to this team. Now, look, they're still 3-8. and eight. They're 3-8 and eight with Saquon Barkley. They'd rather be 8-3. and three. And if that means 8-3 and three without Saquon Barkley because they can construct the roster differently, then you know what? You have to go down that road. But for right now, at 3-8, and eight, you got to tip your cap to Saquon Barkley for doing what he's doing. Yes, he's getting compensated, but players in this league, I've seen them, would have checked out already. And Saquon Barkley hasn't. Yes, he has his reasons. He wants to earn a contract. But behind this line... Being under siege by defenses that don't respect the passing game, I think Barkley has shown that he's deserved a lot of respect for what he's done as a giant and how he's carried himself. What he's done production-wise, you can go all the way back to the day that they drafted him and say it was the wrong move at the wrong time. Uh, And if that's the case, I can't argue. But for where he is now... I think Barkley deserves a lot of credit. That'll do it for for me here at FedEx. Again, final score, 31-19. New York Giants snapped their three-game losing streak. The Tommy DeVito Show, Jersey Juice. As always, I'm all in. We appreciate you guys being all in, too. We'll catch you this week. Everyone have a healthy and a happy Thanksgiving with their families. And we'll talk to you soon.